Good morning, everyone. Um, today I'm continuing our series uh, of Jesus in everything. And rather dangerously, I've been given the topic of sport. So my challenge has been to make sure I just don't talk about football for half an hour, um, but actually try to include something to do with the Bible and God's Word. So that was my challenge this week. Um, and I'm going to try and split my talk into two sections today. So the first section, we'll look at how we glorify God in sport. Um, and section two, we'll look at how we glorify God in our relationships. Um, and the focus I have today and the vocabulary I use will be focused on sport um, and particularly, personally for me, my football experience. Um, but what I'd ask for you today is to take that and apply it to your own personal situation. Um, so sport or football can be replaced by any leisure activity, any hobby, any interest that you have. Um, so yeah, just take what I say and um, apply it to yourself in the situation that you're involved in and hopefully um, there will be something that is beneficial to you in your situation. Um, so let me just pray uh, before we begin. Father, we thank you for um, being able to be here today to worship you and to meet with all the brothers and sisters in Christ and um, to remember you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. Thank you um, that we have freedom in you and that we have um, freedom to, to worship, freedom to live for you. I pray that we will be challenged this morning by what you have to say to us. I pray that you would um, speak today and, and you would open our hearts to something and that can maybe be of challenge or encouragement to each one of us. I pray that your words would remain, Father, and that mine would be left behind, um, and that you would just um, equip us today for what is to come in the weeks ahead. I pray that you would um, bring us into focus on you um, and encourage us then to go out into the world and to share the good news that we have in you. I thank you for dying for us. I thank you for the life that we have in you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. Yeah, so as I said, if, if, you're, if you're not involved in sport, um, but there's a hobby or an interest that you're um, involved in, please think about that today as I, as I speak. Um, and maybe you're thinking, well, I like to do this, but I don't know if that qualifies as sport or not. Well, we're going to clear up the age-old argument today um, of is it a sport or not, okay? So I'm going to put some activities up on the screen, and I would like you to vote. So if you think it is a sport, can you please put your hand up? And if you don't think it's a sport, then you can keep your hand down. And that's the definitive, the definitive argument, and it's done forever then. So first one, darts. Put your hands up if you think darts is a sport. Oh, it's not great. I'm a big fan of the old darts, so. Okay, so darts isn't a sport then, even though they're athletes and they're in great shape all the time. Okay, so darts, I'm going to say that's a no for the, the congregation then. What about snooker? Oh, okay, very similar. I'd say less than 50%, so we're going to say no. Snooker is not a sport. You can't play sport wearing a waistcoat, um, so that's ruled out as well. Okay, not, not a good start for sport. What about WWE, professional wrestling? <laughs> okay, not too many, okay. So anyone who says it's fake, it's not, it's real, right? It's actually it. Triple H doing the pedigree. I used to use that move on Benjamin all the time. Um, so that's a definite no then, that's not a sport, okay. What about fishing? 
Okay, a couple of hands. So again, we're going to say no to fishing. It's not a sport. Okay, what about this is eSports. So if you don't know what that is, these guys are playing computer games and that's a stadium full of people watching them play computer games. So when Jack grows up, he wants to be a Rocket League eSport pro. Okay, that's again going to say no, that's not a sport, even though it has sport in the title. But eSports is not a sport, okay. What about golf? Golf, okay. Stevie's nodding there. Okay, so golf is a sport. I'm going to say that's over 50%. Some people say, well, golf is a, a good walk spoiled, isn't it? Um, but, so when we say golf is a sport, so one from that list then. So if any of those are things that you're into, now you know, is it a sport or is it just a hobby? So for the majority of those, we're just going to say hobbies then, apart from golf. Um, okay, well, it's good to clear those things up. Um, yeah, so today as we continue on in our series um, on Jesus and everything, I'm going to look at sport and leisure and hobbies and activities that we're involved in. And the question I want to think about is how do we honor God through these things? And how do we bring Jesus into them? For some people, the thought of religion or Christianity is going to church on a Sunday. Sunday is like a holy day when you do religious things, and that's where it ends. Um, however, for us, if we have a relationship with God and Jesus, we should know that it's about much more than just a Sunday. Um, a couple of weeks ago, Ian helpfully look, helped us to look at what it looks like to bring Jesus into work. How can we change our view on how we work and the relationship we have with work and how we can do that for God? Um, so we take away just Christianity being about a Sunday and, and Ian helped us look at, okay, what about the work week? Um, and what I want to do today is maybe think about, well, what about our spare time? Um, and it's not just confined to a Sunday. We want to think about how we bring Jesus into everything. So I'm thinking about our spare time outside of a Sunday, outside of work. In the spare time we have, in our free time with our hobbies and our activities and our sports, how can we bring Jesus into those things? So whether you play sport competitively or just casually, maybe you just meet your friends for a walk, maybe you take your kids swimming, Maybe you're just meeting a friend for coffee. I want to think about how we bring Jesus into all these things and allow Jesus to be involved in every aspect of our lives. So first of all, I would like to say if you are, find yourself not involved in anything like this, I would definitely recommend it. Um, being involved in sport and exercise in particular is really good for your physical health. It's really good for your mental health and it has lots of benefits. 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 tells us that physical training has some value and it also has social benefits. It can bring you into contact with people that don't know Jesus. And it's important that we aren't stuck in Christian bubbles, just seeing um, Christians all the time, but that we socialize and spend time with people that don't know Jesus and we can impact with the gospel. Um, there's no real passage to go alongside this today. Um, even when I was looking online for inspiration, there's not actually a whole lot um, on this kind of topic of, of uh, glorifying God in sport. There's little bits, but um, no sermons really or anything. So um, I've just used some specific verses that I think will be helpful for us today. Um, and I pray that God will speak, speak through this. Um, so firstly, as we look at how we honor God through sport, um, I want to use Romans 12 verse 1 as our base. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, 
in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And last week, we looked a little bit at how we worship God and the different ways that we can worship God with our lives. And when we view playing sport as worship to God, it should change our attitudes and the way that we play it. We have been given our bodies by God and we should use them to worship him. And sport is one of the ways that we can do that. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 says that you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. And later in chapter 10 verse 31 it says that whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So that means if you're playing football in Division 1C of the Northern Ireland Amateur League, which is a notoriously competitive division, then you do it for the glory of God. If you play seven aside on a Monday night, do it for the glory of God. If you're doing park run on a Saturday morning, do it for the glory of God. And then one thing I struggled with a little bit growing up was the temptation to make football an idol. I thought about football a lot, I played it a lot, I watched it a lot, and I was aware that I had a bit of an obsession. And I was really challenged in making sure that I never put football above God. It was always something um, that was challenging to me when I thought about idols. Was I, was I putting football above God? And they seemed to be almost rivals at times. Um, but these things don't have to be in competition. When I realize that I can play football as worship in a way to bring glory to God, it completely changed my perspective. And so I want to be the best player that I can be. I want to work hard, I want to be competitive, and I want to try my best to win. But I want to do those things in a way that brings glory to God. So how do we do that? Well, our mindset is key. Why are we doing what we do? Are we doing it for ourselves or for God? Christians in Sport is a great organization that supports Christians playing sport. Um, and they challenge us they challenge those involved to play for an audience of one. That we aren't playing to impress others or for personal pride, but we're playing for Jesus. And there are many times that my mindset is wrong, but I strive to make it a priority to play to bring glory to God. I play football for Finnegy Football Club, uh, initially based across the road there. Um, and at one stage, I was the only Christian in the team. But over the last few years, there have been uh, quite a few Christians have joined the team. Um, and this has been a real blessing because I have people around me that can keep me accountable. Um, I remember one game that was getting a bit feisty in particular and uh, Benjamin just looked over at me and he said, keep your witness. And it's a challenge when, when you're in the, the heat of the battle. Um, Andy plays as well. and He's great at encouraging us in prayer. Um, and he plays with a real competitive edge and seeks to bring glory to God in how he plays. Um, and apart from the constant yellow cards and occasional death threats, he is a really good witness on the pitch. Um, and one of the most important aspects of bringing Jesus into our football is taking time to pray before a game. It's a blessing to pray, to pray and to pray with my brothers in Christ. And it helps us and it reminds us about who we're playing for. We ask for help and we pray that we would bring God glory. We want to honor him with our attitudes and with our bodies. And in praying together, we also take a stand for Jesus and set ourselves apart from those who are watching on. Uh, here's a picture of us 
uh, last year in our semi-final. And it's not something you normally see on a football pitch at local level anyways, is people praying together. Um, and people do take notice. We don't do it to, to look special or anything like that. We do it to humble ourselves and to ask God for help. But in doing that, we can show that we're different and that we're there for Jesus. And there have been opposition players, there have been referees, spectators, all asking and commenting on what we are doing. And we seek to do it for Jesus' glory. And one really encouraging story that came um, recently was I was chatting to our manager's son who comes along to watch our games. Um, And he said that after seeing us pray, that him and his friend in school had started to pray at lunchtime when they were playing football. And people do take notice when you take a stand for Jesus. But it's important then to back it up. You can pray before a game, but then if you go in and you play dirty and you cheat and you swear all through the match, it sends a bit of a mixed signal. And we all mess up, but our aim is to play for Jesus through our ability, but also with our attitude. And if you're involved in sport, you will know that it brings highs and lows. I always try to celebrate my victories with God and I thank him for his help. But I also try to praise God, even in defeat. I'm going to share one example of of a high and a low that came last year. Uh, So unlike Andy, I very rarely get carded in football. Um, I would say throughout my career, I'd say about one a year on average, one yellow card a year. Um, But there was a period last year when my form had dipped a little bit. um, And I got dropped for a big game in favour of a player who was maybe a bit more aggressive than me. And when I got back into the team the next, the next week, I wanted to show that I could be aggressive too. Um, and if that was what was keeping me back, and I was going to show that I could do that. Um, and Dad as well encouraged me to be a bit more aggressive in my play. Um, so I got the M&M playlist on in the morning and got myself really fired up. Um, and I played really well. We were playing Donaghy and uh, it was a big game and I played really well. Defended with intensity, with aggression, but it was fair. And about 87 minutes, 88 minutes out of the match, I was having a really good game. Um, and I came towards the end of the game. We were winning. We were trying to see it out. And the ball was thrown to me and I cleared it. And one of their players left a wee dirty stud in on me. And uh, I reacted. And it's not like me, but it was instinct. And I kicked out at him. And it was right on their touchline. So all of their players, their management, including one prominent loyalist activist, <laughs> got involved and all crowded around me. And the referee showed me a straight red. So I was sent off and I was banned for three games. And in that moment, I lost my witness. It was difficult and it was hard to take and I felt felt like an idiot. Um, But it can happen. But on a more positive note, however, last year was an amazing year. We ended up winning the league on the last day of the season um, to beat our closest rivals to the title as well as getting promoted. And God was clearly with us last year and we give him glory in our triumph. It was amazing celebrating the victory with our Heavenly Father and also with our teammates. Okay, so as, I, as I've talked a little bit about our attitudes toward playing and how we should play, now I'm going to shift our attention and focus a little bit on relationships that we can build through sport and leisure. Uh, if you have a Bible, can you turn with me to Colossians? It should be on the screen as well, but if you don't. Colossians 4. 
Yeah, Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, down to 6. <clears throat> and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I, mo- that, that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So Paul here gives us some great advice in how we share the gospel. He asks us to do two things. Firstly, to pray, and secondly, to proclaim. It's vital that we're praying for opportunities to share the gospel and praying for those that we wish to hear it. When we do that, we invite God into the situation and we ask him to help us as we seek to share the good news with those around us. But the next step is also important. We are to proclaim. And I'm going to break down a little bit here how Paul advises us to proclaim. Firstly, we are to be wise in how we act to outsiders. When we're with non-Christian friends, it's important that we're not foolish in our actions, that we aren't doing things that would question our integrity or our faith. It's important for us to keep our witness even when we're surrounded by non-Christians. Secondly, Paul asks us to make the most of every opportunity. Now, I don't think this means that we have to share the gospel in every single conversation that we have, but I think we have to be mindful of opportunities that may arise for us to show love, to be caring, or to share our faith. At times, we can ask for opportunities, and then when they present themselves, we shy away. Let me challenge you to be brave and to take the initiative when God presents you with an opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace. We are to show grace to those around us, the grace that is shown to us by our Heavenly Father. And what does that mean? Well, it looks like showing love, showing care for our friends when we're with them. Showing the grace that God gives us and we extend that to those around us. Seasoned with salt. This um, can actually be translated to mean like a type of wit or charm. And sometimes we feel, or maybe other people feel, that Christianity is quite dull. It has to be quite serious and somber. Um, but this verse actually says that um, season of salt can, yeah, can mean like flavored with wit and maybe even humor. And that means that combination of grace and wit can provide a really great basis to show the love of God, um, to show that it's not always dull, it's not always um, somber, but we're full of light, we're full of love. Um, and we want to show that in our conversations with our friends. So that you may know how to answer everyone. It's important that we know what we believe and why we believe it. There are many things in the Bible that we can't explain or don't understand. But we have to be aware of what it says. We have to be aware of what the scripture says and be prepared for questions about why we believe what we do. If we are seeking opportunities to share our faith, we have to be prepared for potentially difficult questions. We have to know what the Bible says, and we have to trust that the Holy Spirit will help us and give us the words whenever we're in those situations. And this passage shows us that it's important to pray for those around us. 
who don't know Jesus. But we can't then remain silent. We have to show in our actions and in our conversations with non-believers that we love Jesus and that we want others to know him too. So first of all, pray and then proclaim. And then being involved in sport and leisure activities can provide us with great opportunities to have these conversations full of grace and salt. Football has always given me the platform to get alongside people. Whether that's at lunchtime in school, whether it's having a kickabout with friends that grew up near me, whether that's playing for a club. It's always been something that has bonded us and brought us together. And as a result, it's given me numerous opportunities to share my faith while in relationship with some of these guys. Many of us in this room will have engaged with kids playing football, maybe on Exodus teams or in Kosovo. We run an Easter football camp in Bethany where we have the opportunity to tell boys and girls about the good news of Jesus. And they come, most of them, for the football. We have the opportunity then to share with them the good news. Sport is a great way to find a common connection, to bring people together, both kids and adults. Uh, previously, we had the fitness group that met in the Bethany Center, which was a brilliant way to bring in uh, people from our community, build a relationship with them. Sport is great because it's fun and it's good for you, but it also provides great opportunities to spend time with other people, to build a relationship with them and then share your faith with them. It's usually easier to invite someone to play seven aside or go for a walk, maybe than it is to invite them to church. But through that time, we can build a relationship with someone and we can share our faith in a, a personal way. Um, but maybe you're, you're sitting here and thinking, I hate sport, sport is massively not for me. Um, but as I say, just apply this to another area of your life, something you're interested in or a hobby. Um, and let me ask you, who are you doing life with right now? Who are you investing in? Who are you intentionally spending time with in the hope of bringing them closer to Jesus? If God is putting someone on your heart, then why not drop them a text and arrange to catch up this week over a walk? Maybe you can't think of any names right now, then let me challenge you to change that. Prayerfully consider the people that are in your life, the people that you can invest in, and how can you get alongside them? And maybe there's no one that you can think of right now. Well, then why not go and try and find some? Why not join a club or an activity that allows you to meet non-Christians? Go and do a couch to 5K, go and join a gym class, go to a cooking class, there's plenty of, of things out there that we can go and meet people. Um, the Bible calls us to go into all the world, to be that salt and the light to those around us, to proclaim Jesus. And being involved in the Finicky Football Club has given me some great opportunities to share the gospel. I've had a number of good conversations with my teammates and seeking to share my faith with them and why I believe what I believe. Uh, recently, a number of them have joined us um, in the Bethany Centre. We had some food and we watched the World Cup together. Uh, the manager's son that I mentioned earlier comes along DBR every week. Kids of other teammates have previously been involved in rally. They've been involved in crossroads. Um, and one uh, had, had professed to put his faith in Jesus. A couple of years ago, we ran a Christian sport table quiz in the Bethany Centre where a large uh, number of players and, and uh, management from our team came 
and heard the good news of Jesus. I'd ask you to pray, pray this morning for those connected to the club. Um, a lot of them live in these streets around us, um, and we, as, as three guys, try to, to spend time with them, to build a relationship with them, and share the good news with Jesus. So I'd ask you to pray for them, that they will be changed by the goodness of a relationship with, with Jesus. And let me just finish with some verses from 1 Corinthians. Paul says in chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Sport is good. God has given us bodies that can enjoy exercise and take part in competition. We can worship God with our bodies and we can share the gospel with those that we meet. Sport can bring the highs of scoring a goal and the lows of conceding the last minute winner. The wins are often followed by defeats. Moments of skill followed by injuries. Sport is really good, but it is incomplete. And Paul says that athletes compete to win a temporary crown, a crown that will fade and that will move on to the next. But we as Christians look forward to a crown that will never fade. A life with Jesus is the only thing that can bring true and lasting peace. If you know Jesus, then you can look forward to that imperishable crown. By admitting our faults and accepting his forgiveness, we can look forward to a place where there are no injuries and there's no tears and defeat. A place that we will be made perfect as we see God in his fullness and all of his majesty. But while we're here, let's worship Jesus with our bodies and let's share the good news with the people that surround us. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the bodies that you have given us. I thank you um, that we can use them to worship you in different ways, that we can use them um, to sing praises to you, that we can use them in service to you, and we can use them um, in sport and in exercise to reflect your goodness and your grace and your love for us. Thank you that we can use sport as a way to meet people to build relationships with people, to get alongside people. I thank you um, that we can have fun doing it, but we can also worship you by playing with everything that we have. I pray for the people that are in our lives that don't know you, Jesus. I pray for the people on the streets around us that don't know you, Jesus. And I pray that we will be a, a people that go, a people that go into the world um, and rub shoulders with people that don't yet know you. I pray for maybe people that have been put um, on our hearts this morning that we, that we know that we are uh, alongside and we pray that we can go and have conversations with them, build a relationship with them and just show them God in our own lives and point towards you, Jesus. I pray for salvation to come. I pray for Finicky Football Club, Father, that's close to my heart. 
and pray for those involved in it that they would know Jesus that there is much more to life than playing football that yes football is good but God that you're greater and I pray that um, that they would know your love and know our relationship with you and I thank you that if we do know you Father that we can look forward to an imperishable wreath a crown that's going to last forever and Jesus that um, if we acknowledge our sins and come before you humbly and thank you for the cross, then you will lift us up and that one day we'll be with you and we'll see your face and that'll change us forever. It'll give us new bodies that are perfect, that don't ache, that aren't sore, that don't fall to sickness and to death, but they are perfect. And Jesus, we cannot wait for that day and we look forward to it. But while we're here, help us to go into the world, to season our conversations with grace and with salt, to show your love to those around us. We thank you for all you are, Father. We pray that we would um, humbly serve you in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.